0: The most important thing about your leadership is you. It's not what you say, it's not what you know, and it's not what you do, it's who you are, or what I call your leadership presence. And in this episode, we'll be talking about how to develop it. Welcome back to the City Group Leader Podcast, the podcast designed to help your city group thrive and multiply by strengthening your leadership in 25 minutes or less. My name is Trevor Nash Linus. I'm a city groups director at City Light Church in Omaha, Nebraska, and I am excited to continue our conversation about developing your leadership presence. This is part two of a two part series on the topic. So if you have not listened to the first episode, I encourage you to press pause on this episode and then go listen to that because it will give you some much needed context for this particular episode as well. This podcast is intended to equip and strengthen our own leaders. But if you are listening in from a different context, I am glad you're here. And I thank you for joining us. We post a new episode on the first Thursday of every month, along with bonus episodes and resources to help you put what you're learning into practice. Check out the show notes for a link to a downloadable summary and discussion guide. And if this content is helpful to you, I invite you to consider leaving a review, subscribing on your platform of choice and sharing with other leaders. In our previous episode, we talked about what leadership presence is, why it matters, and two ways that you can begin to develop it. Let's begin our time together today with a quick review before we dive into three more ways that you can do that. First, what is leadership presence? In its most basic sense, leadership presence refers to the way that you show up for your group. Our goal is to become what Richard Plass and James Cofield call a transformed and transforming presence for the people that we lead. Second, why does leadership presence matter? There are several reasons. Number one, the Christian life is not just about theological information. It is also about personal and corporate transformation. Theological convictions matter, but they ultimately matter because they determine who we are becoming in Christ. Number two, people will always buy into you as a leader before they buy into your group. Number three, you are the thermostat for your group. The temperature of your group likely rises and falls on your leadership number four your presence is contagious the culture or ethos of your group is largely determined by your presence or ethos as a leader and number five jesus dwells in you through the holy spirit and he intends not only to transform you but also to transform others through you so how do we develop leadership presence there are five ways number one find somebody who has good presence and emulate them. Number two, discover how you show up. Number three, take responsibility for the way you show up. Number four, decide how you will show up. And number five, do your work. We talked about number one and number two last week, so we'll do a brief review and then we will dive into the last three today. Number one, find people who have good presence and emulate them. If it's true that presence is contagious, that means the people you lead will in some way, to some degree, become like you. The same is also true for you. If you wanna become a person of good presence, spend time with people of good presence. Number two, discover how you show up for your group. You can do that in a number of ways, but here are three simple ones. Through personality profiles, through 360 degree feedback reviews, and through self-evaluation or reflection. That brings us to new content for today's episode, and I'm going to give you three more ways that you can develop your leadership presence. Are you ready? Good. Let's dive in. Number three, take responsibility for the way you show up. If the second step toward developing your leadership presence is to discover how you show up, then the next step is to own the way that you show up. It does you absolutely no good to discover who you are and what you are like if you're only going to deny, minimize or complain about what you are like. If that's the way you're going to respond to what you discover, your leadership is only going to get worse not better. Because a leader who knows their shortcomings and refuses to do anything about it is worse than a leader who does not know their shortcomings at all. Likewise, a leader who knows their strengths and does not leverage them for the good of the group is better off than a leader who has no idea what those strengths are. I remember the first time this happened to me when I was in my early 20s. My wife and I got engaged and were spending some time with her extended family. One of her family members was trying to describe what one of their coworkers was like by comparing that coworker to me. She said, and I quote, well, he's kind of like Trevor. To which I of course said, what do you mean by that? And her response was, well, you know, kind of harsh. Ouch! Now, I am by nature a direct person, and up until that point, I considered my straightforward communication style to be a strength. But believe it or not, that was the first time I realized that some people experience my communication style as harsh and even hurtful. When I am at my best, my communication style is very clear and compelling. When I am not at my best, my leadership communication style can be harsh and hurtful. But then I made a huge mistake. I denied and minimized the vulnerability of my leadership style. I blamed my wife's family member for being too sensitive. I minimized behavior as though it wasn't that bad. And I complained about her comment being unfair. I brushed her off, and my leadership suffered because of it. It took 10 more years and complaints from dozens of other people before I realized that she was right. And it wasn't until I took responsibility for my presence that my presence actually began to change. Because you can't change what you won't own. If you want to develop your leadership presence, you need to take responsibility for your leadership presence. When you discover something about yourself, don't minimize it, deny it, or complain about it. Own it. So if you want to develop your leadership presence, discover how you show up, and then take responsibility for the way you show up. Those are the second and third ways to develop your leadership presence. Here's the fourth. Number four, decide how you will show up. This might sound obvious, but different kinds of circumstances call for different kinds of leadership. Leading your group through multiplication requires a different kind of presence than leading your group through a job loss or an illness. Leading a discussion about God's majesty requires a different kind of presence than leading a discussion about suffering. Leading conflict resolution requires a different kind of presence than leading a birthday celebration. The kind of presence that your group needs will differ depending on the circumstances of the group and the people in the group. At times you will need to be enthusiastic and visionary. At other times you may need to be compassionate and sympathetic. And still at other times you may need to be courageous and wise. Now that's going to look different for different personality types and giftings. But the point is that there will be times when your presence needs to adapt and grow to the people in your group or to the circumstances that your group is facing. There's nothing worse than a leader who is being obnoxious and funny in a moment that requires sobriety and seriousness, or a leader who is being serious and sober in a moment that requires levity and laughter. I remember one small group that I was leading several years ago when a gal in the group started to talk about the difficulties of infertility. The room got silent, everybody got tense, and she started to cry. I had no idea what to do in that moment, so I did the absolute worst thing possible. I ignored her, and I moved on with the discussion. That moment called for a patient, compassionate, and courageous presence but I instead led with fear and self-preservation. I walked away feeling stupid and she walked away feeling very hurt. That's called leadership incongruence and it will undermine your leadership presence faster than almost anything else. Effective leaders on the other hand, have what's called leadership congruence. They match their presence to the moment. And you can do that by asking one simple question. What kind of presence does this moment require of me? Asking that question allows you to do two things. First, it focuses your leadership on the needs of the people that you are leading rather than your own preferences or insecurities as a leader. And second, it allows you to bring the right kind of presence to the moment by reverse engineering the kind of presence that you need to bring to the moment. If you're unusually gifted or intuitive as a leader, you might be able to do that in real time. The rest of us are going to have to give it a little bit of thought before we actually walk into a group that week. Now, if you happen to find yourself in the moment needing to have that kind of presence, you can do that by slowing yourself down, giving your mind a moment to catch up to what you're experiencing, and then intentionally thinking about what needs to happen. Chances are that if you're not prepared or inexperienced, that will feel a little bit awkward or clunky, but it's better than what I did in the story I just told you. You can also do this in advance by just taking five, maybe 10 minutes in your preparation time before group to think about the topic, the circumstances that your group is facing, and maybe the people who are in that room. And then working backwards from there to ask yourself, what kind of presence do I need to bring to this particular gathering for the people who are in the room? That allows you to anticipate what might happen that night and then to choose your presence accordingly. What kind of presence does this moment require of me? That simple question will help you determine how to show up in a given situation. So here's number five, do your work. Up until recently, I met with a counselor every month for the better part of about five years. We talked through everything from my childhood wounds and my present insecurities and struggles to my personal failures and career ambitions. On occasion, my counselor would refer to the importance of what he called doing your work. He'd say things like, you know, Trevor, you can't shortcut doing your work, or no one else can do your work for you, Trevor, or maybe perhaps you might have to do your work on that one, Trevor. That language isn't common in most leadership circles, but it's a phrase I hear all the time in the counseling world. And it's a shorthand way of uh, encouraging someone to reflect on, emotionally process, and address the events, circumstances, and relationships that have shaped who they are and how they inhabit the world, or what one leader called working through what you've walked through. The thinking behind this concept of doing your work goes something like this. Whatever you do not work through will interfere with your leadership presence. Whatever you don't work through will interfere with your leadership presence. Why? Because in order to become a transforming presence, you need to be a transformed presence. There's way more that could be said about that than we have time for in this particular episode or podcast. But let me just say this. Doing your work means learning to see your story in light of the gospel story. The more your life is defined and shaped by the person work of Jesus, the more transformation you'll experience. The more transformation you experience, the more you will become a transforming presence for the people you lead. For example, I recently went through a really hard season of life and ministry. It was so hard that I hated myself and I wanted to quit ministry forever. During that season, I got really down on myself, I got really stuck in my own head, and my thoughts began to spiral downward about myself and about other people, and it majorly impacted negatively my leadership presence. I simply could not be a transforming presence for other people until I processed and addressed that part of my story in the gospel. If you want to develop your leadership presence, you simply have to do your work. There's absolutely no way around it. Uh, A faithful treatment of this particular topic is way beyond the scope of this podcast, but I'll give you a few tools that have been helpful for me to help you get started as well. A fair word of warning, if you're going through average leadership stuff that you are trying to process, you can totally do this on your own or with a friend. But if you are processing trauma, I highly encourage you to find a professional who can help you, maybe a Christian therapist or counselor or your local pastor because there are some things that you need help processing you simply cannot do it on your own but here are the tools that i've used and i'm confident will be helpful for you the first is to create a leadership map identify the key moments in your life that have shaped who you are for better and for worse and then identify the impact that they've had on your leadership number two conduct a daily review Take just 10 or 15 minutes at the end of every day to reflect on your interactions with other people. Celebrate what went well, those moments where your presence really made a difference for somebody else, and maybe process or learn from those moments when uh, your presence could have been better. Taking just a few minutes every single day to pause and reflect on your experiences can go a really long way in helping you develop your presence and in processing the things that you experience on a daily basis so they don't build up and become something bigger over time. Number three, apply the gospel to your own story. Take time to regularly consider the gospel truths that you need to believe in order to become a transformed and transforming presence for other people. Identify your characteristic idolatries, your characteristic unbeliefs, and the impact that it has on your leadership and your relationships. And then keep that in mind as you regularly practice repentance and faith, coming before the Lord to worship him alone and to trust in him alone. And number four, seek professional help if you need it. No one can do your work but you but that doesn't mean that you have to do your work alone. Like I said, in most cases, a friend or a mentor will do just fine, but there are some areas of your life that are just worth processing with a trained professional who does this for a living. Monthly counseling has probably been the single most impactful thing on my leadership presence, and I cannot recommend it enough. There's absolutely no shame in that, particularly if you're going to somebody who accurately knows how to apply the gospel to your life and to your story. But however you go about it, make no mistake. If you want to develop your leadership presence, you're going to have to do your work. Let's review. There are five ways that you can develop your leadership presence. Number one, emulate somebody who has good leadership presence. Find people you want to become like and simply spend time with them. Number two, discover how you show up. You can't change what you don't know. Number three, take responsibility for the way you show up. You can't change what you won't own. Number four, decide how you're going to show up, become a congruent leader by matching your presence to the needs of the moment and the people in the room. And number five, do your work. You have to work through what you've walked through. Let me say just one more thing, and then I'll give you some application questions. Some of you are listening to this episode and you are feeling inspired and empowered. This episode has given you a brand new category for leadership that you didn't have before and you are ready to get out there and to become a transforming presence for the people that you lead. That's great. I'm so excited for you. This has been one of the most transformational co- topics and categories of leadership in my entire life and I'm confident that it is going to be a blessing to you and your leadership as well. But don't stop at just listening to this episode. Download the discussion guide, and put what you're hearing into practice. It will do you absolutely no good if you listen to it, you get excited about it, and then you do nothing with it. Some of you, on the other hand, are listening to this, and you're feeling like this is just one more thing that you're failing at as a leader. If that's you, please, 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 please do not walk away from this episode believing that lie. You are not justified because of who you are Or because of what you do. You are justified because of whose you are. You are qualified to lead not because of who you are or what you do, but because of Jesus, who he is, and what he's done for you. So please hear this episode as an invitation to experience more of his transforming grace and power in your life and not as a means to measure your leadership worth. Okay, now for some application questions. What excuses do you tend to make for your leadership And what would it look like for you to take responsibility for your leadership instead? Number two, what kind of presence does your group need from you right now? And what steps will you take to bring that kind of presence to your group? And number three, what work do you need to do as a leader in order to become a transformed and transforming presence for those you lead? That wraps up another episode of the Citigroup Leader Podcast. Thank you again for joining me for today's episode. If this content was helpful for you, would you please do me a favor by rating and reviewing the podcast and sharing it with other leaders. That will help us strengthen the leadership base in our own church, as well as strengthen the broader church also. As you go, remember, the most powerful thing about your leadership is Christ in you. God has chosen you to lead your group and because Christ is in you, you have absolutely everything you need to lead it well. So get out there and become a transformed and transforming presence for the people that you lead.